Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with evangelist David Diga Hernandez. Uh, He's going to be talking about the importance of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit um, and, you know, what happens when you are not paying attention, when you're not listening, when you're distracted. Um, Just just an encouraging message, just a challenging message all in one. Um, Really hope you enjoy this. I'm going to ask that the worship team just stay with me tonight. And the rest of you be seated, please. Turn to your neighbor and give him a smile. It's a mask joke for those of you watching at home. Presence of the Lord is here, manifested. And I want to share a simple word with you this evening. I want to talk to you about the importance of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and some of the consequences that come about as a result of not being sensitive to the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. Danielle, where are you going? Did you dismiss that anointing, Omar? No, can we at least get her a chair or something? There you go. Hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm talking about, the importance of that. Now, there are consequences that come when we don't remain sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you some of those from Scripture here. But you know, we're living in some interesting times right now, aren't we? And there are so many voices coming at us from so many different directions. I want to read something to you that I saw I'm not big on uh, sharing things from social media because, like, most of the time, they're just... uh, You have to be very careful about what you share nowadays. But I thought this was interesting. Speaking of different voices that come at you, Pastor Omar, you'll like this. This is a a, a little little something that somebody wrote called A Pastor's Life. Uh, One member says, Pastor, if you make me wear a mask to church, then I won't be back. Another member says, Pastor, if you don't require people to wear a mask, then I won't be back. Another member says, if you make us socially distanced, then you don't have faith. Another member says, if you make us socially distanced, then you don't have, if you don't make us socially distanced, then you don't have wisdom. A parent says, Pastor, if you don't provide kids ministries, then I can't attend. Another parent says, Pastor, if you are not If you provide kids ministries, you are not protecting kids, and I will not bring my kids to church. Another member says, Pastor, if you preach on faith, then you are not using wisdom. Another member says, Pastor, if you don't preach on faith, then you are promoting fear. And here are the different voices in this season that are coming across, not just to pastors, but to all different believers. How many know that especially because we're being inundated with information from all over the place, it's very difficult to discern what is and what is not truth. And this can become a little unnerving. You know, they're working on a technology. In fact, I think they've already perfected it far beyond what they say publicly. But there's this technology where you can actually recreate someone digitally and make them say anything you want to say. So if I wanted to, I could make a copy of any one of your faces and the computer can read just samples of your voice and then it takes those samples and you can type in anything you want this person to say and the people watching this video will have no idea that it's a fake person. Now can you imagine when they perfect this technology and just anybody and everyone has access to it? 
Think about the fact that now anybody can start a news website. Anybody can start a blog. Anybody can start a rumor on social media. And in the future, anybody can speak for a world leader. They can put out videos of a president or of a prime minister or a religious figure saying something that they never said. Information is being, how shall I say this, brought in by the truckloads, if you can use that figurative speech. Information is being piled onto us. We are receiving more than we ever have before. This health expert says this. That health expert says that. This government official says this. That government official says that. This news network says one thing. That news network says another. 100 people can watch one event, report on it from 100 different angles, and come up with 100 different stories. And everybody is struggling to find the truth. And not only are they struggling to find the truth, they're creating division, and they're coming from a place of anger if anybody else dare have a different opinion about the situation than they do. And here's what's scary. People are being offended because they had no idea other opinions existed. Like, I I had no idea other people thought about situations differently than I. I'm unfriending that person. It's the truth. And add to the issues the voices of life that speak to us from all different directions anyway. Think about your unsafe family speaks, television speaks, movies speak, media speaks, music speaks, your friends speak, your spouse speaks, your children speaks, people speak, and there are all these voices, all of this information, all of these different ideas and thoughts and theologies and perspectives, and no matter what perspective you have, there's always going to be someone who has an altered perspective, a twisted perspective, or a contrasting view to what you just said, and there really is nothing that can be said about anything anymore that isn't going to be attacked from a hundred different ways. It gets confusing. Who to believe? What to listen to? This is why now more than ever, believers, you must be grounded in the word and you must know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Christians, stop taking your cues from culture. Stop taking your cues from culture. It should trouble you. When Christian leaders begin to change what has always been said about scripture to suit what the culture says is now acceptable. It's not that the word of God changed. This doesn't change the word of God. Truth does not change. Truth does not change throughout time. Truth does not change because people cease to believe it. Truth remains truth. And John chapter 16 verse 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own initiative but whatever he hears he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come so this is the holy spirit not just speaking to us about what we read in the word but the holy guiding holy spirit guiding us into all truth all the truth that there is and speaking about those things that are to come The Holy Spirit is our guide and we must rise above the noise. We must supersede the debate. We must, like an eagle when it flies above the storm, get into the place of the Spirit and move beyond all the chaos and confusion. There's only one place of certainty and safety and that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's only one foundation 
for sure truth. And that is the word of God. You must take the word of God and compare all things against it. The word of God is the measure by which you judge all standards and ideas. And if it contradicts the word, you can dismiss that idea. If it contradicts the word, you can dismiss that ideology. You must stand firm on the word. Jesus said the one who built his house on my word is like the one who built his house upon a solid rock. When the storm comes, you're still standing. But if you build upon the opinions of men, if you will build upon the opinions of culture, if you build upon the opinions of what's in vogue right now, then when the storms come, you're going to be shaken, disillusioned, and taken out because you don't have a firm footing. The only certain and sure foundation that cannot be shaken is the truth of the word of God. And you must know it, not, not read it superficially, not get little bits of it here and there, not just the scripture of the day. I'm talking about getting into the Bible and letting the scripture consume you and change your thought patterns. I'm talking about getting into the scripture and allowing it to change your mentalities. There are some people who will look in the scripture and say, I see that, but I don't really agree. I, I just more think this way. Let me tell you something. You need to let the word go forth like a hammer and break that mindset. We must not conform to the pattern or to the thinking of the world, but to the word of God. Now, the voice of the Holy Spirit will cause you to hear things and say things that people don't like. I know because I'm in that situation all the time. Like, for example, when, they talk, when I talk about the parable of the talents and how God took from those who had little and gave to those who were good stewards with much, people go, well, that doesn't sound right. Well, it's the Bible. See how uneasy some of you got? That's the word. Let it be like a hammer. These are principles and, and truths that we can go through all day. And if we're not aligning with the word, then we're aligning with something else. If you're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, you have to ask yourself, what spirit are you listening to? What spirit is influencing you? Whose ideas got in your mind? Whose ideas got in your head? And the problem with this is that lies are like seeds. They go into the mind and they begin to bear fruit. And they don't just change one thing. The lie begins to wrap around the whole mind and begins to alter the perspective on almost everything. It's demonic. And the way to avoid it is to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. There was a couple that, um, this was several years ago, they, they, they brought their, the, the, the woman was pregnant. And this couple comes to me and they asked if I could pray over the baby. They said, we want you to pray over the baby, pray for a healthy delivery, pray that God would bless him or her. I forgot what it was. And um, they came to me and I remember I was praying over their baby and the Lord told me, I mean, I, I was expecting a word. He's going to shake the nations of the world. You know, those prophetic words that people give. He's going to shake the nations. He's going to, oh, he's going to see in the spirit. Da, 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 da. I go down the list of things they say. And I'm praying and the Holy Spirit tells me the doctors are going to say there's a mental disorder. The doctors are going to say there's something wrong. They're going to they're going to they're going to use the words Down syndrome. So I'm praying for the baby. They said just pray. Just a simple. They weren't asking for much. They said say a simple prayer over the baby. And I hear it. Look, I know that I know that I know that I know that I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. So as I'm praying, I know what the Holy Spirit told me. 
And I'm thinking, Lord, if I, I say, okay, so maybe there's some things you see, but you don't say, you know, that rule, the Holy Spirit said, say it. I was like, ah. Oh. They're, they're praying, they're, they're like holding each other's hand, looking at each other, smiling while I'm praying. And I'm thinking, okay. So the Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in part, right? So sometimes God will give you a bit of the word and then you have to speak it and then the Holy Spirit will give you the rest after you speak it. That's the scary part. You got to step out in faith. You don't know how many times the Holy Spirit said, call that person out, I got a word. And I say, God has a word for you. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, what is it? <laughs> you got to take that first step of faith. So I'm praying over this baby, and don't you do this unless you know the voice of the Holy Spirit. I do not recommend this unless you are confident in his voice. So I'm praying, <laughs> and I said, the doctors are going to say your baby has Down syndrome. Oh, they did not like that. They went from amen, amen, and oh, they were very angry with me. And I'm sweating, going, Lord, the next, the next, next part of the word, please. The next part of the word, please. And that's when the Holy Spirit spoke. He said, but tell them when the baby is born, the baby will be born perfectly healthy with no issues. I said, okay, then why are you having me say that in the first place? I didn't understand it. It didn't make any sense to me. So it was really awkward. They were like, okay, thank you. They left. Of course, no offering because that's not a prayer you give an offering toward. And, and so I don't think they wanted to come into agreement there. <laughs> It's a joke. I don't pray for offerings, okay? It's a joke. Gosh, I already know someone's going to take that snippet out. They do it to me all the time. Anyway, <laughs> so I, I go and, and I hear, like months later, I hear back from them. They said, when we went for a checkup, I forgot at what interval, they actually began to use, talk like that. They used words like Down syndrome and other. They said, it's looking really bad. Like, it looks like your child's going to be born with, with these. And they just went down the list of things. I don't even know what they look for and how that all works. And they said that it was, it was like shock to them when they heard it. And they said, but the word you gave sustained us to have faith to believe for the miracle. They said, we said, had we just heard that from the doctor, we would have been just crushed. But that word that ticked us off earlier, that word that made us want to punch you in the face, after it came to pass, it was actually the strength to our, our souls. And, and they believed, they stood on the ground, they said, no, no, no. They said, because God revealed it first, and then he promised it'd be healed. So there was this hope in them, and the faith was stirred for them to believe for that miracle, and that baby was born perfectly healthy. Despite what the doctors had said, because they had the faith to believe it. Now, I didn't understand all the theological implications. Lord, why not just heal the baby in the first place? I don't have to give a word. Doesn't have to be awkward. They don't have to. I don't know why God chose to go after that certain pattern of events, but that's how God chose to handle that situation. The important thing was I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit to speak the word in that hour, and this is the type of voice that we need to be listening for, that still, small, truthful voice. You see, those who speak for the Holy Spirit today are often going to be ridiculed, hated, and people are going to come against them. But when you speak for the Holy Spirit, sometimes you're speaking ahead of your time. Now, here are some of the dangers that come when not hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I won't take too much longer. Can you believe it's already 8.50? My goodness. It's like we got, we got pulled into a spiritual time warp there. But in Judges chapter 16, we all know the story of Samson. And I won't read um, this particular text 
uh, for now. I'll just give you the references. In Judges chapter 16, verse 20, what's one of the most terrifying verses in all of the scripture to me is that Samson did not realize the Lord had left him. Now, I don't believe necessarily that the Holy Spirit leaves you when you make a mistake or that you lose your salvation when you think one bad thought. Um, nor, am I, nor do I believe that the scripture here is saying that the Holy Spirit left Samson completely. I think what diminished here was the manifestation of power on his life. And that's what the scripture meant when it said the Lord left him. So Samson had come into this place where he was being tempted by a woman named Delilah. She says, reveal your secret to your strength. And over time, she begins to incrementally get Samson to confess what the secret was regarding his strength. To the point where he finally reveals the secret. She betrays him, which he should have seen coming. And then he loses that strength. He loses that power. He didn't do anything to protect that anointing on his life. There's an anointing and a call that God has placed on you. And many of us just live our lives not realizing that the way we live is actually infecting or polluting what God has placed on us. I want to live in a way where I guard that anointing from any impurity that may try to come and touch it. Now, Samson here made what I would call the, one of the first consequences of not hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, and that is spiritual deafness. Spiritual deafness. You cannot hear God. What a terrifying place to be that you cannot hear the voice of the Holy Spirit anymore. Terrifying. I know of a pastor who was having an affair for, I think it must have been like five years. Five years. And he was weeping during that affair. Nobody knew what was going on, but he was weeping saying, I can't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit anymore. He doesn't talk to me anymore. There's, I go to pray and there's nothing. What a terrifying place to be where the Holy Spirit can no longer convict you where the Holy Spirit can no longer talk to you, where the Holy Spirit no longer can whisper to you and you be attentive to those whispers. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. And I believe he was shouting each time Samson disobeyed. You can't expect me to believe that the Holy Spirit was not speaking to Samson in those moments. You can't expect me to believe that the Holy Spirit was just sitting back quietly watching him give up the strength of his power. The Holy Spirit was speaking to him. He just wasn't listening. Spiritual deafness takes away the advantage of God's voice. Think about what an advantage we have that we can hear from someone who can see the future. We can hear from someone who can see the future with perfect clarity. Samson gave up that advantage. We can hear from someone who can see inside the hearts of the people who are around us. You don't know how many times I've had people come around me, the Holy Spirit said, that one's coming just for this, or that one's just trying to get that, and I'll cut it off. And, and later we find out it was that type of person, because the Holy Spirit wants to keep you from wasting your time with the wrong things and the wrong people. So the advantage of that voice, we are cut off from the advantage of that voice when we walk in spiritual deafness. Number two, a second consequence of not hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit is the sin of presumption. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, we see that King David comes to Nathan, the prophet, 
And he wants to know if he can build the tabernacle. Now, what David was asking to do was something that was good. It was godly. It was a, it was a pure ambition that David had to build this tabernacle for the Lord. And he comes and he asks the prophet, he says, hey, I want to build this thing. And Nathan the prophet, without having heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, blesses what David wants to do. So David goes away gladly, rejoicing, Awesome, I get to build the temple. I get to do this great work. Meanwhile, Nathan the prophet is going about his day and the Lord speaks to him. Hey, why did you tell David that he could build the temple? I didn't say he could. Nathan has to go back. Hey, David, listen. Remember when I told you that God's, God approved it and you could build the temple? Yes? Well, no, actually. God spoke to me. And I moved ahead of what God wanted to do. That is the danger of the sin of presumption. Now, thank God the prophet had the ability to hear from God and correct his mistake. Imagine had that prophet not corrected his mistake. What narratives may have come about as a result of that disobedience? What stories may have come? What, what further suffering David would have gone through? The protection from the sin of presumption comes when you know the voice of the Holy Spirit. So number one, we need the voice of the Holy Spirit to avoid spiritual deafness, which can lead to destruction. Number two, we need the voice of the Holy Spirit that we might avoid the sin of presumption, which can cause you to walk in paths that God never caused you to walk in. They are time wasters, guys. There are things that will waste your time and you'll go years and then look back and say, why did I ever do that or get involved in that or get involved with that person? Because you walked out in the sin of presumption. You stepped ahead of where God was speaking and therefore you stepped outside of his protection, provision, and favor. Only when I'm in the will of God am I promised his protection, his provision, and favor. The moment I step out, I leave myself open to the attack of the enemy. And number three, finally, the trap of tradition. There are two accounts in the scripture. One is found in Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. And then another is found in Numbers chapter 20, verses 7 through 12. So Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. And Numbers chapter 20, verses 7 through 12. These are two different accounts. Now, the locations recorded in the book of Exodus and Numbers take place in different locations. They're different parts of the geography, and therefore they're different events. So, in Exodus, this event takes place in the wilderness of Sinai, the Sinai Peninsula. In the book of Numbers, it takes place uh, near the, the southern area by the Dead Sea. So, it's two different Geographies. Now, why is that important? It's because the stories are so similar that there's actually been some debate where people think that they're the same event. But these two portions of scriptures are not the same event. In the book of Exodus, we see that Moses finds himself in the desert and the people are thirsty. They want water. So God tells him, strike the rock. And when you strike the rock, water will come forth from that rock and it will cause everybody to have water in the midst of the desert. So Moses does this wonderful, a move of God. How many know if you hit the rock and water started gushing out, you would flip out. That would be something you would definitely put on your social media feed. You would tag that. You would, you, you would try to film it. You'd try to give... That would just... You wouldn't even know what to do with yourself. That'd be, that would be... The whole year, you'd be talking about that. 
I hit a rock and just water gushing out. Now that was a miracle. That was powerful. That was the way God sustained them for that moment. But then we see later on that they come into another predicament just the same. And God speaks to Moses and he says, listen, I'm going to get you out of this situation. They're in the desert again. People are thirsty. God, we need water. They're complaining again. God says, okay, I want you to speak to the rock. Now Moses, I guarantee you remembered the first time they were in the desert. I guarantee you Moses thought back to the time that he struck the rock and water came forth. And I guarantee you that he thought because he had struck the rock in the past, that striking the rock today would do. I'm talking to somebody right now. Just because striking the rock worked before doesn't mean that it was God's instruction for today. This is the trap of tradition. Yesterday's revival can become today's ritual. What was once a move of the spirit becomes a system. People sacrifice the future for the familiar. I'm going to say that again. People sacrifice the future for the familiar. Because God moved that way before, doesn't mean that it's the way God is going to move today. You see, you can miss the move of God if you're looking for God to move in the exact same way as he did. Now, if you look at the two portions of scripture, looking at them, comparing them, if you didn't study very carefully, you would think it's the same event. So God did move in a similar way, but God did a new thing. God brought about a similar result. Water still came forth from the rock, but his instructions were different. The, the miracle was the same. The method changed. And we're in a season now where God is shifting things around. And if you're not careful, you're going to give up. You're going to become discouraged because you're not seeing God move the way he used to move. You're going to miss the way God is moving right now. The trap of tradition. Holy Spirit, I want to know your voice. I want to understand your ways. I want to hear you clearly. Now, I want to pray for those of you watching live and then I'm going to dismiss you. By the way, when you're watching live, the more comments you post, the better we do on the Facebook algorithm and YouTube. Like, comment, share, like, comment, share. It's the way to get this more viewership. Now, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and keep you in a place where you can hear him. Come on, let's stretch our hands toward these cameras, guys. Father, in the name of Jesus. In fact, put, put me on this camera, please. Everybody stand, hands stretched toward the camera. Now, I encourage you to, to get into a church service. This is a time where the body of Christ needs to be uniting and gathering. I understand God's doing it. Look, I'm a media evangelist, okay? I know that God moves with media. But I'm telling you, even as someone who, who, who sees God moving in media, and that's 90% of my ministry... I still recognize that there's something about a local church gathering that needs to be, that needs to be intact. I'm going to ask you, don't allow fear to grip your heart. Faith, not fear. 
So I want to encourage you. The church is open now. We have rules we've implemented. We're, we're doing things by, by we're, we're, we're doing things as we should. And you know what? God wants to touch you. God wants you to get back in community. Now, we're going to see the Lord begin to do new things, but he's not done with this. This gathering, the, the gathering of the saints, that's never done. That's biblical. And so I want to pray with you that the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to you and that you would stop listening to all the noise that's out there and that you would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, stretch your hands toward this camera, guys. Ricky, I want me and the crowd, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would send forth a spirit of boldness on your people. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would be encouraged with power from on high to overcome fear, to silence the voices of the enemy. I rebuke that spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. We agree and we touch this thing in faith. And I want you to say it because you agree. Say, amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for watching. Remember to share and come join us this Sunday, 9 and 11 a.m. 9 and 11. The church is open. Come and worship the Lord with us. We would love to welcome you. God bless you. We'll see you. Let me know when we're off the air. Okay, altars are open. Come and stand and just get things right before God. Tell him, tell him you want to hear his voice. This is the time to get rid of those things that have been distracting you, those things that have been, been causing you confusion. Some of you need to cut off some voices. Some of you need to cut off some media outlets. Some of you need to delete some social media apps because you've been so inundated with information. It's time now. It's time now to be separate. Come on, God's speaking to you. Get down to this altar of God speaking to you. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you. You're saying, I want to hear the voice. I want to hear the voice. I want to hear him clearly. Then come out of your seat and come join us at this altar. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.